Well, yesterday turned into the worst day that this website has ever had when it comes to covering the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. We are doing an emergency special podcast on heartlandcollegesports.com. It's good to be with you. And I would ask you, as I do each and every podcast, to please leave a rating and a review on this show. Uh, We are giving you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do that. Leave a rating and a review. Takes you 30 seconds on iTunes. Subscribe, send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And we'll get a koozie in the mail for you. That's how we beat CBS, The Athletic, ESPN, and all the other big guys when it comes to Big 12 podcasts. So thank you guys for doing that. And we're going to keep beating them, all right? We are not giving up this fight. We're not. So I thank you very much for that to start off this show. But yesterday was a terrible day. I mean, when you love the Big 12 conference like we do, when you're someone like me, who started this website seven years ago now. I can't believe it's been seven years. With a vision, a laptop, and a little bit of money, and you now reach hundreds of thousands of Big 12 fans every month, which I never envisioned. I didn't know. I mean, if you told me the last seven years would be this kind of a grind, and it's really been the last couple of years that things have taken off a bit. The last year has been incredible, but the last couple of years have have really started to pick up. I don't know. I mean, I've spent 2,000 days of my life, over 2,000 days of my life the last seven years, thinking about this site and this conference every day. And yesterday, we saw the potential for it to all blow up. After Oklahoma and Texas, it was reported by the Houston Chronicle first, were looking into joining the SEC, and there was mutual interest there. Now, where did this report come from? It came from Texas A&M. Texas A&M is trying to block this from happening. All right, that, that's what's going on here. Houston is the Texas A&M market, and they are trying to block Texas from coming to the SEC. They don't want it. Right now, the only advantage that A&M has over Texas is the fact that it can say we're in the SEC. That's all they've got. That's it. So this comes down yesterday, and it's Texas A&M's way of leaking it to try to basically get this blocked and stopped as, as much as possible. It's a last-ditch effort is what it is by Texas A&M. So then uh, we find out how this goes down, why this goes down. And then the question is, why leave? Now, I don't think Oklahoma and Texas should leave. Now, I say this biasly, all right? Let me make this very clear. I say this with a biased perspective. I don't think Oklahoma and Texas should leave. I don't believe it benefits them to leave. It it will monetarily. It will. But do I think they're going to win more in the SEC? No, I don't. Do I think OU would have won six straight conference titles in the SEC the last six years? I do not. Are they going to make more money? Yes. Are the fans going to enjoy it more? Uh, That's debatable, by the way. It's very debatable. I mean, find me a fan base that has left the Big 12 and has had more success on the field, and the fans have liked it more. Mizzou, no. Mizzou fans hate being in the SEC East. They might not admit it. Get them drunk, they will. Nebraska, disaster on the field. Fans, uh, you know, they don't get jazzed up. I'm sorry. They don't get jazzed up to be in the Big Ten West like they would if they were playing Oklahoma and Texas still, and and even K-State and Iowa State. Uh, Colorado, afterthought in the Pac-12. And A&M. I mean, A&M, yeah, they they had a good year last year, and Johnny Manziel was Johnny Manziel, but it's not like they're they're rolling through things or having overwhelmingly more success on the field. 
than they had in the Big 12. For the most part, not really. Now, this may be a different year for them, depending on how it goes, but not really. So no one has transitioned out of the Big 12 and felt like the fan base got more out of it and enjoyed it more, and they had more success in the field. Do I think that both of those things would happen for Oklahoma or Texas? I do not. Do I understand it monetarily? I do. All right? I mean, if the SEC does become this super conference with Texas and Oklahoma, there is going to be a gigantic amount of money at stake here. I mean, the Big 12 is in a good place. The Big 12 pays out about $38 million per school, which is third of the Power Five conferences behind the Big Ten and the SEC. But with this theoretical super conference, I mean, you could be doubling that kind of money on a per-school basis, possibly for the SEC. So I get it. I mean, money rules the day. And the TV networks behind the scenes are obviously playing an enormous role in all of this, a huge role. And that's the part of all of this that cannot be overlooked. The TV networks, ESPN and Fox, play just as big of a role in conference realignment as any university president does, as any commissioner of a conference does as any athletic director does head coach anybody for that matter because they're the ones paying the bills all right now maybe we should have seen this sign when it happened what a few weeks back we found out that espn and fox told the big 12 hey we're not negotiating a new tv contract right now it's up in 2025 we got time all right so that's that's kind of how this all went down and no one should have been shocked by that I wasn't at the time. I said, it's not a big deal. There's time left. I mean, there's not a lot of leverage for the Big 12 to go down this road. So uh, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. It is what it is. Okay? So now we're sitting here and we're looking at the story and it's like, holy cow. This is potentially really going to happen. Now you put a gun to my head. Do I think ultimately they go? I do. I do. And that pains me to say, but I do believe based on what we know today that Oklahoma and Texas are going to be gone. So how can this get blocked? Well, there's two ways. The state legislatures can get involved in Oklahoma and Texas. And you might, you know, if you're not a diehard, I know if you're listening to this show, you probably are. But if you're not a diehard college football fan, you may be like, wait, what? Politics and college football? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Politics and college football. All right. It's just getting good. And the state legislatures... Yes, we'll get involved. This is big money. This is big ego. This is big politics as much as anything else. And Texas A&M, one of the reasons that they uh, reported this is that they want to get the Texas state legislature involved to try to block this in some way. I don't know what that looks like. Now, in Oklahoma, I see the path, by the way. In Oklahoma, I see the path where if the state legislature got involved, uh, they could possibly say to OU, hey, you got to bring Oklahoma State with you wherever you go. Would the SEC want Oklahoma State? Would they want 17 teams? It doesn't really, the odd number is kind of weird. doesn't make much sense. Uh, would the SEC say, eh, forget it? I mean, if we got to start bringing along little brother, and I say that in a loving way, but if we got to bring along little brother, it's not worth it to us. I, I don't know. But Oklahoma State put out a statement last night saying, in part, if this is true, we would be gravely disappointed. They added, while we place a premium on history, loyalty, and trust, be assured we will aggressively defend and advance what is best for Oklahoma State and our strong athletic program, which continues to excel in the Big 12 and nationally. That's Oklahoma State saying, hey, we're coming for you. All right. We are coming for you. We've got a war coming for you, and we're going to fight this thing at the state legislature. That's what they're going to do. 
And they've got, I mean, don't kid yourself. Oklahoma State's got a lot of pull when it comes to the political powers that be in that state. I know T. Boone Pickens, God bless him, God rest his soul, is gone. But there is still plenty of firepower there in that state. Because the thought that I always have and had was that wherever Oklahoma goes, they're bringing along Oklahoma State. I just thought that was going to be a package deal in some way. I didn't know where. I didn't know when. I didn't know uh, who. But I always thought and figured that would be a package deal. All right? And it turns out, oh, you basically told them, eh, it's not. We're gone. Sayonara. See you later. And they went behind their back, and they jumped on board with their hated rivals south of the Red River and did this apparently without anybody knowing. Now, Oklahoma is entitled to do what is in its best interest, all right? So I'm not necessarily sitting here and knocking OU for that. I'm just saying it caught me off guard, and I think it caught a lot of people off guard that OU basically told Oklahoma State, hey, you're on your own now. Good luck. And that's what was, I believe, shocking and also apparently didn't sit well with Oklahoma State, and why would it? So there's going to be a legislative battle there on this that is going to play out in front of our eyes in the state of Oklahoma that's going to be fascinating to watch. And let's not forget, Oklahoma State's not just a good football program, all right? Oklahoma State has 52 NCAA team national titles. That's fourth most in NCAA team national championships, all right? Golf, wrestling, basketball, baseball, cross country are all very good at Oklahoma State. So uh, they've they've got a great athletic program, top to bottom. Top to bottom. I know football pays the bills, but they've got a great program top to bottom. And could you imagine the hatred in Bedlam, by the way, if somehow it turns out that Oklahoma State is able to block OU going to the Big 12 or going to the SEC from the Big 12? Oh, my goodness, that would be rich. I There's so much. Now, the other thing that could block this is the SEC. The SEC needs 11 of 14 teams to jump on board to approve conference expansion. All right? That's what they need. Texas A&M is a hard no. There was a report that Mizzou is a hard no. Now, I heard their head coach talking at SEC Media Days today on Thursday, and uh, we'll put it this way. I didn't hear a guy who sounded like he was totally against adding Oklahoma and Texas. He made some joke about, hey, is Horns Down going to be okay now? Like, that didn't sound to me like a guy who's running a program where the university is totally against this move. Now, Mizzou should be against this move, by the way. Mizzou's going to be a perennial bottom feeder in the SEC if this happens. But uh, maybe they're just like, hey, we're just happy to be here. We'll take the big check and go 500 if we go to a bowl game. That's great. We'll take it. Maybe that's kind of the approach from Mizzou. I don't know. But then can you find two more teams that would say no in the SEC? I, I don't know. Here's the question. Do SEC teams want to deal with the 800-pound gorilla That is the University of Texas. And by the way, Texas has a right. They're Texas to be an 800-pound gorilla. But do other programs and universities want to deal with it? Or do they all just suck it up because of money? Because the millions of dollars, the tens of millions of dollars that's going to be attached to this deal if and when Oklahoma and Texas end up going to the Big 12. That's, uh, That's the question here right now. So I, it pains me to say it. It really does. It pains me to say it. But I'd be sitting here right now in Lonnie if I said I didn't think this was likely. I do think it's likely. I think it's more likely than not Oklahoma and Texas are going to be gone from the Big 12 at some point. And then it's what does the Big 12 do? Where does the Big 12 go from here? 
I mean, I want to see the Big 12 stay intact in some way, right? Whether it's poaching the AAC, whether it's, I mean, the first call I would make would be to Nebraska. I'd look to the Arizona schools, get them out of the Pac-12. The Pac-12's a mess. Try to get Colorado back. I mean, I'd go, and this is just me dreaming, I'd go Nebraska, Colorado, and the Arizona schools. I think that's still a very good conference with very solid brands. Okay, it's not going to be the SEC, but it can still be a major power conference in college athletics. That's what I would be doing if I'm Bob Bowlesby. And, I, you know, Bob Bowlesby kind of looks like he got caught with his pants down. At no point did Bob Bowlesby seem concerned last week at Big 12 Media Days about any of this. We, we asked him. We, he got asked about TV contracts. Hey, it's a digital world, streaming world, not concerned. Different place than we were 10 years ago during conference realignment. But, boy, I, he does not look good in all of this right now. Now, he can salvage things. And now we're going to find out what the legacy is going to be of Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. We are going to find out soon what his legacy is going to be. Was he part of putting the final nail in the coffin for the Big 12 Conference, or did he help save it? Let's see what he does. As for this website, I'll spend a couple of minutes on this. Guys, we're not going anywhere, all right? I, I don't know what we look like in two years. And I always thought, like, hey, TV contract realignment. I was always con- not concerned, but it was always in the back of my mind. But I thought it was years down the road. I didn't think it was, like, July of 2021. But I've spent seven years slowly and steadily building this thing just by myself and then getting guys on board like Derek Duke and Matthew Postons have been absolutely outstanding and a lot of our other contributors as well. But I'm not sitting here being like, oh, I guess we're going to shut down the site. No, we'll, I mean, I don't know what it looks like, but we'll either jump in on another conference, depending on where the Big 12 teams go, if they go somewhere, uh, you know, cover a, a different-looking Big 12. If the Big 12 stays intact, adds a couple of teams, who knows? I mean, we're we're going to be fine. We're not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to just throw out years of hard work and say, well, time to close up. Close up shop there, guys. Nice talking to you. I really enjoyed the show and the website. No, we're, we'll be fine. Just follow us. Hang with us. We're going to be here. We're not going anywhere. And uh, we're going to keep rocking here and bringing you great content on the site on the podcast, on the message boards, everywhere that we can. So we uh, we appreciate all that you guys have done. I mean, like I said earlier, when I think about starting this website and being like, hey, 10 people read an article, and now it's literally hundreds of thousands of you every month across the country are are participating in our content. It's just, it's um, you got to pinch yourself sometimes, as we, as we do here at Heartland College Sports. So thank you guys for that. Thank you guys for being a part of it. But these are some wild times, and it's all happening just weeks before the season starts. Uh, and that's what makes this totally crazy as well. And there's going to be so much more to dive into here on this issue in next week's show and the week after that and so much more. So can't say enough about you guys and joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And now for this emergency podcast, I want to welcome on our guy, Matthew Postens, who has already written some excellent pieces on the website about how the Big 12 must expand quickly if OU and Texas do leave or about how the Big 12 can fall apart and die as well in this process. Matthew, great to have you on. I can't believe this is happening. It's what I've been talking about here so far throughout this show. Just take me through how shocked you are 
if we should have read tea leaves around this that we naively didn't want to read? Where where have you been now that you've had a night to sleep on it? I'm a little surprised. Um, just a little. You know, just a little bit. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma have always been those types of programs that have always wanted to carve out their own identity, you know, regardless of whether they've been in the Southwest Conference or the Big 8 or the Big 12. They've always been those two schools that have always kind of been like, you know, we're Texas, we're Oklahoma, we're kind of on our own. And what the Big 12 has enabled them to do for the last 25 years is kind of retain that independent identity um, that, you know, we're we're who we are and we're not going to change. And to explore the opportunity to go to the SEC, I get it when you look at the money. I mean, the SEC paid out about $300 million more to its members in fiscal year 2020 than the Big 12 did. But Texas and Oklahoma don't necessarily need the SEC unless they see a real sea change coming in college sports in terms of the college football playoff negotiations, in terms of uh, other TV negotiations. I think one thing that we haven't touched on yet that I think is really interesting is that about a month ago, the Big 12 went to ESPN and Fox and asked to renegotiate or to extend their TV contract uh, through 2025. ESPN and Fox turned them down. And I think ESPN did it because they first want to know how much they're going to have to spend to keep the college football playoff, especially if it goes to 12 teams. Well, today, Joe Trahan, who is an anchor, a sports anchor down here for WFAA in Dallas, tweeted out that early next week, the Longhorns and, and the Sooners will send a letter to the Big 12 Conference stating that neither school will renew their media contracts when they expire in 2025. I wonder if those two things are connected at this point. Now, what do you mean by that? I mean, that would basically be the, the death sentence. Well, not a death sentence for the Big 12. They can expand. But that basically finalizes yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. So the, the league has a grant of rights that they agreed to after A&M and Missouri left, basically saying if you leave the conference, you don't get to – you basically don't get to keep the TV money that – that uh, that you would be entitled to even though you're leaving. Uh, it's 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 kind of a poison pill designed to keep teams from leaving the conference. I think the Big 12 was looking to get ESPN and its other TV partners to, you know, into negotiations to ex- to extend their contract as a way of, you know, ensuring the membership that hey, you know what beyond 2025 we're set. We don't have to compete with the Big 12. We don't have to compete with the SEC, both of which had TV contract negotiations coming up. When ESPN said no, it, it just makes – and I don't know this for sure, but it makes me wonder if that was a trigger for Oklahoma and Texas to start thinking about maybe we should start thinking about what might happen three, four years down the line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if those two things are connected or not, but it is interesting that it happened so soon after ESPN said no. Yeah, I you know – I was thinking about it, and I said it earlier on the show too, Matthew. I mean, there's never been a, a team that's left the Big 12 that has been like, you know, this is great for our fans. Our fans like this more, and we're having more success on the field. You can't say it about Mizzou. They they won't admit it probably, but they don't like being in the SEC East. I mean, they've lost a lot on that front. They had some success early on. It hasn't been there since. Colorado is irrelevant in the Pac-12. Nebraska, we know the disaster that it is in the Big 10. And Texas A&M debatable, but I would still say no for the most part. I, is Oklahoma and Texas, is this a money grab as much as anything else? And basically saying, hey, 
I mean, OU would not have won the SEC the last six seasons in a row. They just wouldn't. So are they willing to take that hit no. from the standpoint of making more money? I, I, I That's part of it, I, I think. You know, when you look at the money, when you look at that aspect of it, you know, like I said before, you know, SEC generated $729 million in total revenue in 2020. Uh, the Big 12 generated $409 million in revenue. So even if you're dividing $729 million 16 ways, that's still quite a bit of money, even for two programs like Oklahoma and Texas that are basically drowning in cash. I yeah, but on a, on a per-team basis, on a per-team basis, they're only off by a few million each. I think it's like 45, yeah. 50 to 38. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. But, you know, every little bit helps when you're thinking about the changes to name, image, and likeness, even though that doesn't necessarily impact the university because the players are making that money, you can find ways to generate revenue off of that. And, uh, you know, when you think about the transfer rule too, when you think about all the changes that are going on in college sports, I think Texas and Oklahoma are looking at this kind of the way I've been looking at it for a while. I have felt for a long time that something like this was going to happen. I didn't know if it was going to be, Texas and Oklahoma going somewhere else, or maybe the Big 12 and the Pac-12, you know, combining to become a super conference or something like that. But I I have felt all along that at some point somebody was going to decide to count to 16 as a conference. And that once that one conference did, then the ACC and the Big 10 and the Pac-12 or the Big 12 would follow. And believe me, if the SEC and Texas and Oklahoma decide to do this, if they decide to count to 16, the Big 10, the ACC, and the Pac-12 will be compelled to follow. And then we will end up with what I think um, several writers speculated about a decade ago. Uh, and, and as far as a Sports Illustrated piece that I remember from the early 90s, four 16-team conferences dotted across the country that become the major power four, and they become the dominant force not just in college football, but in the college football playoff. Because if you think about it, this is where I put my tinfoil hat on. If you're ESPN and you're going to expand to a 12-team playoff, do you really want a Boise State? Do you really want an Air Force sneaking in there? No, you want the best possible product if you're going to fork over three times what you forked over a decade ago for the playoffs. You get the best possible product by having four power conferences that are sending 12 teams to a playoff. Mm-hmm. Matthew, as as we look at where this goes from here, I mean, you and I are, I think, on a similar page that – it looks like it's going to happen. It's kind of a matter of when and, and how it happens uh, from here on out. There's plenty of time to dissect what should happen going forward, but you wrote about this already on the website. So take me through what right now you want to see the Big 12 do, what it should do to keep itself uh, intact and exist. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna try and make a go of it, um, then I think you have to think big. You have to think about, hurting some other conferences if you're going to do it. I I don't think, uh, you know, I think there's certainly some schools that can help you in the American Athletic Conference, you know, Houston, Memphis, that sort of thing. But you need to go out and get some schools that are are going to hurt other conferences. And I mentioned Nebraska in that piece. Um, You know, getting them back from the Big Ten would be, you know, at least giving you a program that has a national reputation. You know, going to get, going and poaching a couple of schools from the Pac-12 would help too. I mean, if you really want to keep it together, you can't keep it together with, you know, basically, you know, ripping the American Athletic Conference apart. It's just not going to work. You're not going to get anywhere close to the TV contract that you're getting right now with ESPN. Um, you've got to think big. You've got to be bold. You've got to go out 
and get some schools that can that can really bring you something. And there aren't many that can do that that don't already have firmly entrenched relationships with conferences right now. So it's a really narrow needle for them to thread if they want to stay together. What's their pitch? I mean, I keep I, I gave four teams similar to your four. I mean, you put up on the website Nebraska, call them right away, the Arizona schools and BYU. I flip-flop BYU with Colorado, try to get them back. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I make that pitch. But, like, what's the pitch for the Big 12 right now? Because you're right, you're losing your two anchor programs. Like, you look back 10 years ago, and they lost some some big-time programs, obviously, Nebraska, Texas A&M at the top of the list. But they still had the anchors in Oklahoma and Texas. Does the Big 12 without Oklahoma and Texas, and I love, of course, all the teams that we follow, but I think their fan bases can admit who's the anchor here and what's the sales pitch? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I've been kind of thinking about the sales pitch angle. Um, you know, if you're if you're pitching it to Nebraska or Colorado or, or even the two Arizona schools, it's, you know, come back and be a big fish in a smaller pond. You know, it, you know Nebraska was a, a quality team in this conference for a long time before they went to the Big Ten. And like you mentioned before, they've really struggled in the Big Ten. They have struggled to get any sort of relevance in that conference over the past 10 years. I, I really don't think that move has worked out well for them at all. Um, you know, same with Colorado. They've been okay in the Pac-12, but nothing special. You know, it to, for those schools, it's about coming home. For the schools that you might recruit out of the American Athletic Conference, it's about a step up. You know, because even if the TV contract drops for the Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma, and it would, it's still going to be a step up for those programs because right now I think those schools get about $6 million a year in terms of revenue sharing in the American Athletic Conference. So mm-hmm. any move for them is a step up. But, you know, if you, if you, 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 you're going to have to find a balance between those two things. But it's a hard pitch. It's a hard sales pitch because you know right now, even in the last 24 hours, um, Shane Lyons at, at West Virginia, Jamie Pollard at Iowa State, they're already starting to think about what our next move is if this happens. And, you know, at this point, you know, we've seen it before in conferences that break up or conferences that kind of fracture. It's about taking care of your interest first. And if those athletic directors don't believe the Big 12 suits their interests anymore, they're going to explore other opportunities and they're going to do it quickly. And that's what I'd be thinking, too. I hate to say it. If I'm Nebraska, I mean, even if it's enticing to me, I, you know, I leave the Big Ten. I decide to join you guys. And then West Virginia is like, hey, the ACC invited us. See you later. I mean, it just it seems like it's a never ending game of musical chairs. And that's where if you're any of these other power five schools, the potential downside may outweigh the upside. And and that's where we've got to have there's got to be leadership in this conference right now, Matthew. And you know, Bob Bowlesby is not looking great right now because it certainly seems like this thing totally blindsided him. And I'm not saying that OU and Texas owe him anything, but the leadership that I thought was there with Bob Bowlesby may not be there or have been there like we thought it was. And this is a chance for him to kind of uh, define his legacy as Big 12 commissioner. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next few months because I have a hard time believing he's blindsided by this. I mean, yeah, Tex, Chris Del Conte and uh, uh, Joe Castiglione could have really just kept this completely under wraps. I mean, they've got very smart people working for them, crunching numbers and telling them why this would be a good move for them to make. And maybe they just kept it to themselves and they were trying to keep it to themselves. Um, but, well, I think A&M you know, leaked it, right? 
I think A and M leaked it because well they're A and M. Yeah. And uh <laughs> <laughs> but um you know if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to put yourself in the best possible position, you you don't want to go to um your commissioner until you know for sure what you're going to do. So when you look back three, four years ago, and you look back at, you know, the expansion conversation back then, um, you know, they weren't talking about Nebraska. They weren't talking about PAC 12 schools. They were talking about adding from the American athletic or adding some of the independents that are out there. So they weren't thinking bold back then three, four years ago, because I think they felt as long as they had Texas and Oklahoma, they were safe. So then it makes you wonder, you know, did Bob maintain that relationship well enough for Texas and Oklahoma to be happy? Do Texas and Oklahoma see a play somewhere where maybe they're leveraging this to get something out of the big 12? It's hard to say. I mean, they had everything they want out of the big 12 at this point, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not sure what more you could leverage at this point. This is why I think the the conversation about the TV contract, that didn't happen last month. And this, I feel like there's some sort of connection there. Maybe Texas and Oklahoma just didn't didn't like the, the, the fact that the contract wasn't able to be extended, which isn't necessarily Bob Bowlesby's fault. I think that's more about ESPN just waiting to see where the money falls. But maybe that's what sparked this. And, you know, Texas and Oklahoma want to have some safety just like anybody else in college sports, even though they could stand alone on their own. Um, and if they feel more safety in their future in the SEC, that's the direction they're going to go. Matthew, it's going to be uh, <laughs> fascinating to watch this all unfold. And uh, we'll be on top of it at heartlandcollegesports.com. You are obviously an important asset to making that happen. Always love and appreciate the insight, my friend. Thanks so much for being here and joining us. Hey, no problem at all. And that wraps up this emergency podcast. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartlandcollegesports.com is where you want to be right now for the latest on the Big 12. And, uh, Please leave us a rating and a review. I want to get to 400 ratings on iTunes before the season starts. That's how we keep beating out the big dogs on the podcast scene. So send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And we'll get a koozie in the mail for you guys, a special Heartland College Sports koozie. All right? So please do do that. It'll take you a moment. And uh, it really does help us tremendously grow this show and beat CBS, Athletic, and all the other guys in the podcast realm. So thank you guys for doing that. We'll talk to you soon. And keep it right here. might be some uh, special edition podcasts, more of them, coming your way soon. Have a great rest of the day.